And everyone's like, oh, big city man. But the stakes are like, will this lamb survive? Exactly. Which is not minuscule stakes, but is also like, I just get to think about sheep for an hour. I like to just like hear about all the things that the different people are feeding him. Yes. Like he, he goes into raptures, like describing Yorkshire puddings, for example. And he's right. <laughs> Never had a Yorkshire pudding. Oh, it's so good. And you use it, you use it to mop up the drippings from the roast. And I want to do that. Yeah, it's, I'll, I'll make you some. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wait, it's red. We're recording. We are recording. Bread means go. I finally figured that out. <laughs> Bread means go. Uh, when my parents and I sat down to watch that episode, I was like, so let me guess, are all the things bright and also beautiful? And are the creatures great and also, also small? small? And it is bright. It is. Verdant, and wise and wonderful. Verdant yes. green pastures and hills. And I thought it would be fun if Mary Graham gives us some updates and blind react is the rage out, on, out there on social media lately. I know it's not a visual podcast, so you can't see Cricket and I's reactions. But it's you'll... okay. I'll describe their faces. I'll try to make really noisy reactions. Cricket's eyebrows are raised. I'm game to try. Let's we, try it. We should, because we're going to be very frightened. And we're going to try and lighten the mood. Uh, lighten the mood. I'm sorry. I'm doing my eyebrow warm-up exercises right now. <laughs> Good. Uh, one, I will... two, and three. Begin and things four. by... With a joke that I have used in my personal life several times, but has not yet debuted on the pod, I think, which is... Knock, knock. Who's there, Cricket? I'm just kidding. <laughs> ah, it's the censors. <laughs> Close right. the door. <laughs> uh, which is that perhaps the only time that you'll hear librarians say, get away from the books, is when people are trying to remove them. Exactly. Normally, I'm like, here are the books. Here you go. But now, now... I've, I've got the cardboard jousting lance that I made several weeks ago for a video that the youth department filmed because we are full of chaos. I have a cardboard jousting lance. And Get away from the books. And a battle cry, which is also on the video. Yes. And I was thinking about how if anyone asks me what my favorite book of all time is, I would always say Fahrenheit 451, which 10 years ago didn't feel like an important answer. Uh, most people would look at me and say, oh, okay, yeah, of course, I've read that one. But truly, now I believe I wear it with a badge of righteousness that if you're only going to read one book in your life, let it be the book about how scary it is to not have books. Yeah. <laughs> so so what what are the updates? This is going to be mostly Michigan-focused. Yes. Um, although uh, I, was, I was just speaking of the discussion of public radio that we had before we hit record uh i was just this week on uh the current which is the canadian broadcasting corporation's morning national news show mm -hmm. um because they did a they did a segment on what's all this then what's uh, all this then? <laughs> what's all this then my god what's happening over there but over there is the country to the south of them or slightly to the north in the case of detroit and uh and the the librarian that they interviewed before me was a library director in missouri <laughs> and the missouri legislature voted to pull state funding from public libraries so that's bad we've reached um, we've reached that point <laughs> what are my eyebrows doing 
you're making a, a scrunchy face that I've only really seen on cats who are like really angry about whatever they've just smelled. <laughs> That's right. Something is rotten in the uh, state of Missouri. Missouri, I guess. <laughs> and also several other states. Missouri, more like misery, am I right? Ooh. Uh, You're listening to A Little Too Quiet, the Ferndale <laughs> Library podcast. It's brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale Library, and it is once again time for another quarterly update on the uh, well, the state of our intellectual freedoms. And Mary Graham, check me here, but when we talk about intellectual freedoms, mm-hmm. it's sort of like it's sort of like this. Cricket wants to go to the library. Uh-huh. Cricket, I, wanna, I do. I should, I should hope okay. so. Yep. Cricket wants to go to the library because uh-huh. there is a book on the shelves there uh-huh. that Cricket really wants to read. Yes. But I don't like that book. Uh-huh. And I don't think Cricket should read that book. Uh-huh. And I also don't think anybody anywhere should be able to go get that book. Uh-huh. But it's Cricket's right to be able to, keyword, access that book. Yes. Intellectual freedoms, I've passed. Intellectual freedoms, you've passed. And, and my reaction to that, you know, would be like, well... You have a right to not read that book. I have a right to not read that book. Yeah. I don't necessarily have a right to say no one anywhere should oh, be able to read that you book. You definitely don't have a right to say nobody anywhere should be able to read. There's no there's no necessarily about this. So Cricket, you get to read that book. Yes. Hot dog. That's right. And uh, moreover, even if Cricket were under the age of 18 and this was perhaps a book for adults. Mm-hmm. Are you calling me old? I, I am saying, I assume <laughs> that you have attained your age of majority. You're mature. Yes. Fine. I accept mature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and You're someone who, uh, let's say, uh, watches PBS. Uh, someone who uh, enjoys James Harriet. I'm a viewer uh, like you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so uh, this is also a lot of, I mean, again, in the case of, like, I heard an audio clip from a politician in Missouri talking about we need to protect the innocence of children. Mm-hmm. As someone who works with children, and and we don't we don't separate youth services out into, like, teens. Like, some places have teen librarians. We don't have that here at Ferndale. We have a staff of five full-time youth librarians, mm-hmm. and we all do all kinds of age levels mm-hmm. and programming, which I love. And I love the fact uh, that I buy nonfiction for ages zero to 13 ish mm-hmm. because i do everything up through middle school when i'm buying nonfiction, i'm i'm uh interested in is this appropriate for the sort of like psychological or social development mm-hmm. of children and sure and yeah, yeah a five-year-old needs different information than a 15-year-old which is why we put the books for 15-year-olds in the ya section mm-hmm. but also you don't magically hit a new developmental milestone every time you have a birthday. Mm -hmm. So there are 13-year-olds or even 11-year-olds out there who are like, where are the books that you give the high schoolers? Mm -hmm. And that's their right. They literally have a right to that. And there's a lot of people out there who don't like that because I see see children in my job every day and they are interesting (laughs) individual people. People are different people and children are people. And... You know, and you, you'll also find people using language that's intentionally vague. Mm. So, like, what we're talking about here is obscenity. Right. We've mentioned this on the podcast before. Obscenity is a legally definable term. Oh, hold on a second. Yes. Hold on a second. Yes. I learned this from the radio broadcast. Was it, uh, hold on, was it 
Handmaid's Tale is now considered pornographic. Was that the sentence I literally heard someone say? That is the sentence that you literally heard the gentleman from Pen America say, and he he meant it in a people are trying to claim. Right. Okay. Um. Now, The Handmaid's Tale is not pornography because pornography. Right. The Handmaid's Tale is not written with Handmaid's the soul. Tale's a novel. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not written with the sole intention to sexually arouse. Therefore, like words mean things, and so, but people are trying to say oh that book has any sex in it or even just I find that book upsetting Mm -hmm. you are allowed to find a book upsetting it's okay to be upset you know it's like feelings 101 like sometimes you're upset and there's like things you can do yeah like observe your feelings take a deep breath I don't know yeah uh, and not ban books absolutely but you know the thing and the thing is we we don't carry obscene materials because that is something that has to be legally defined. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, truly, by definition, mm-hmm. nothing in this library is obscene. And it's not just about sex. It's also about race. Uh, it's also about racial injustice, racial identity. And it's simply stuff that has happened in American history. Right. And continues to happen in American life. Mm-hmm. We, you know, the work that the Intellectual Freedom Task Force is doing has so far, you know, been focused a lot on preparation. Mm-hmm. Oh, but let's reintroduce, reintroduce that for the listeners who might be tuning in. The oh. Intellectual Freedoms Task Force is a part of the My Right to Read Coalition, Coalition, which is part of the Michigan Library Association. Yes, which is the state professional association for librarians That's in, right. you guessed it, Michigan. Which I think started... A year ago, if not more. A year and change ago. There you go. Yes. Uh, which so, tells you how ta- long some of this has been going on. So the task force. So the task force. We are uh, library professionals from all across the state. And we get together once a month to talk about what's all this then? What's all this then? What's going on? <laughs> what is going on in the House of Commons? Except the House of Commons is the state of Michigan. What on earth? What on earth? And we, you know, sort of divvy up okay, who needs to go do what? So, you know, once I got assigned to do a training for a library that was doing an in-service day about what to do if, you know, you have a patron coming in who's really mad about a book. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you, the person at the desk, handle that? We have other people who, you know, are coordinating, making sure folks get to board meetings that need to be got to. And then sometimes, as with our late breaking news, we get to coordinate the legal big guns. So, and when I say late breaking news, I mean, I received this email uh, an hour before we came on air. Oh, wow. So this is about Cass County, which is on the southwest side of the state. Okay. Not terribly far north of the Indiana border. And uh, Cass County's Board of Commissioners were looking to adopt a a quote unquote child protection ordinance, which would require signed legal statements uh, attesting to the quote unquote safety of materials at the local libraries in Cass County. And they also proposed uh, the threat of felony charges and warrantless arrests. You know what we don't like over here in the uh, personal rights sort of world? Warrantless arrests. Right. And yeah, so this is this is this is bad. It's been pulled from the agenda for the most recent meeting uh, because quite a bit of people called in and said, what on earth are you doing? Mm -hmm. But it will it will be back at some point. The ACLU of Michigan has been contacted. The Attorney General's office has been contacted. This American is- Library Association, Pan America, and that's all. You know that was reported to MLA, and MLA has the resources and the folks to be like, we're calling Dana Nessel. Right. 
because the legality of this is Cass County, you said incredibly uh, spurious. So is it yes. is widespread for all libraries in Cass County? Yeah, which I think is three. Okay. Is their board Systems. of commissioners responsible for the library? Well, that's a good. I can't answer that, but yeah. that's a good question. Like when I say this is all very legally spurious, right? Yeah. Um, because I would imagine all those libraries have boards of some kind, and so so this is very scary. Mm-hmm. And is sort of the next, probably the next thing that we're going to have to worry about. And it, I mean, also related to what you see in Missouri is having legislative or government bodies instead of, you know, a, a patron, patron who comes in and yeah. says, I don't like this book. And we say, OK, well, you can fill out this three page form and we'll take a look at it and we make no guarantees. And maybe they'll fill out the form or maybe they'll go, nah. Which but is, that's something worth noting, listeners. That yeah. When someone comes in, we don't say, oh, get out of here with that. No. We treat all of this seriously mm-hmm. and we give them a form. They can fill it out. It is called a, a request, request for, for reconsideration. Request for reconsideration. And it's we have a whole process. Yeah, and... there is a whole process. And if you fill out the form completely, mm-hmm. we will indeed do what the form is titled and we will reconsider the title. It is entirely possible that the appropriate people will consider the title and go, yeah, it belongs on the shelf. The only thing we've promised to do was reconsider it. It's also entirely possible that the people will read the form and be like, hey, you raised some great points here. Mm -hmm. There is actually misinformation in this book. Yeah, this is not accurate. It's not accurate. We're going to replace it with something on the same topic that has been vetted to be more accurate. Yes. That's right. That does so, happen. Yes. There's, you know, the process contains multitudes. The right. process contains and it works. multitudes and it's going to be more pleasant for everyone if you don't yell at anybody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that, like rules for life. Yeah. <laughs> rules rules for life. And so what... So that's the patron side so of it. That's but the now patron it's side escalating. Of it. But now we're seeing it escalate to right. government bodies and we said this is so like this is new and not new, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is a moral panic. And we've seen that in in something like, you know, the satanic panic of the 80s. Right. Which was very much, you know, protect the children from being sent to daycare because their mothers go to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't you can't squash every story that you don't like because it has sex or queer people or discussions of race in it. You simply you can't. Right. And there's, there's it's going to here. take a lot of uh, a lot of collective action to ensure that right. that doesn't happen. Right. Well, to bring it back to intellectual freedoms, we're really just talking about you have the right to be able to access it. Yes. It's not as though the moment a child walks in this door, we hand them a prepared bag of, well, here are 10 here's, scandalous books. Here's the books. gay agenda. Right. You know? Um, These things are here, just static on the shelf. And it's and that scares people, Jeff. Right. Like people are like, "Oh no, my child could discover this." Yes, you have correctly described the function of a public library. They, they, yeah. I'm so, I'm sorry the possibility of learning frightens you. Right. And but and I don't talk to their kids, right? And yeah, like, and it's the line I always hear is like, "How how am I going to explain this to my child?" And it's like, "Well, there's actually like a lot of ways that you And could. literally <laughs> that's why we have the books. <laughs> is people are like, "Here's a book about human reproduction for seven-year-olds how am i going to explain this to my seven-year-old well with well, the book sit down because with them, it's written for seven-year-olds turn the pages read yeah. the words have yeah. a little discussion yeah feel your feelings feel your feelings but what, you can do it on a bench here at the public library yes we have some very comfortable benches back in the kids corner and it is a very soothing space mm-hmm. 
We're definitely not here, though, to tell. We're not on any soapbox to tell anyone how they should be parenting. Correct. I think the, the biggest thing we get to that I like for people to understand is that let's say I'm a parent or caregiver mm-hmm. who is nervous about a certain book on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Perhaps I do not want my child to be able to read that book. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is that you can't keep that opportunity from other children. That is correct. And you also other... can't make librarians in charge of it. Right. Quite legally, right. you can't. You are not allowed to come to the library and say, this is my child. Here is their name. Here is what they look like. You can see them. Don't let them check this book out right. because I'm legally not allowed to say. What is the? Uh... In loco parentis. There we go. We are, we are not allowed to act in loco parentis. So if you don't want your child reading a certain book, you have to come with them. Mm-hmm. And you have to stay by them because I literally can't go, hey, your mom says you can't read that. Mm-hmm. It would suck right. <laughs> if I if I had to. Right. Um, but I legally can't. So, uh, and yeah, you always have to keep in mind, like I think about, we have some great books about gender. And of course, I'm blanking on the title of literally every one of them. <laughs> um, but we have some great books for like young children yeah. about our first conversations about gender and gender stereotypes and things like that. Um, and I have parents who come in and ask for those by name mm-hmm. and are like, oh, like my daughter's starting to make comments about like the gendering of the color pink. Do you have any books that can help us discuss this? And we definitely, definitely do. And so there are some people who want these books mm-hmm. uh, and they have the right to access those books. Those books need to be on the shelves because they have to be available. And that's the exchange. Someone comes up and asks you. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're leaning to the side of the desk and saying, psst, come here. Hey, kid. Hey, I got this book. Uh No, it's asked for. Right. And you say, it's right here. Yes. And that's how it works. And that is how it works. That is the core principle. Again, that is, uh, you've accurately described the function of a public library. But uh, I want to talk about a little bit about Missouri and, and update yeah. the folks who are listening who haven't maybe heard about Missouri. I know this was two weeks ago, so three I, weeks ago. I, that sounds, that so, I don't know the details of Missouri super deeply, mm-hmm. but I do know the basic facts, which is that the Missouri state legislature voted to pull state funding from libraries. And this is going to affect different libraries in Missouri differently because they receive differing amounts of state funding. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, the librarian who was speaking on the CBC radio broadcast right before me um that would be a certain percentage of her collection development budget Mm -hmm. but that would not close her library Mm -hmm. they would just have less money to buy materials which would be bad it would shut other libraries down not dissimilarly to the way that patmos library in jamestown Mm -hmm. will be shut down if they can't get a millage passed Mm -hmm. um so so what we're seeing we're seeing it happen very locally in michigan as opposed to like missouri that's a whole state and, and this gets tangled up with things also, like, because I really, really hate when people say, you know, oh, well, it's Missouri and they voted for that state house, so that's what they deserve. No, nobody deserves right. this. Right. Nobody, no matter what state they live in, deserves any of this. It's a violation of their First Amendment rights. And part of the job of librarians is to look out for everyone's First Amendment rights. Intellectual freedoms is this kind of subgenre under the umbrella of First Yes. Uh, oh, First Cricket Amendment. and Jeff are doing fun, like, making, circular hand motions now. Like an umbrella. Like an umbrella. Or a cloud. Or yes. just some, maybe a rainbow, perhaps. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's all, intellectual freedom is underneath this. Yes. Yep. When you say First Amendment. Yes. But I want to drive it home to and i can't make this funny uh-huh. how scary it is if you lose a library yes because we're talking about intellectual freedoms and we're talking about books mainly yep 
But when you, I want it, I want people to appreciate it. when you lose a library, you can't, you can't just say, well, we lost the building that's full of books. Correct. You are losing social services. Uh, Computer lab, Wi-Fi, internet, programming, events. Free place to go. Air conditioning. Air conditioning. Yep, that is often climate controlled. A place where you can still fax. Free bathrooms. A place that you can still fax. Seriously. Mm-hmm. People, because sometimes people will say to me, why do you even still have a fax machine? Something, something, dinosaurs. It is one of the most secure ways to send sensitive information. And we do it every day. And we do it every day. Mm-hmm. Like, my mother works in healthcare. Every doctor's office has a fax machine. Oh, yeah. And you can you can still fax yeah. at your public library. Mm-hmm. And but this is a place where we have uh, book clubs and yes. concerts yep. on this monthly basis. Yep. And we have people who return and regularly attend these things. Yeah. Or I, a part of their monthly lives. We have, you know, regular story times right. for small children. And one of the truly best things about being a youth librarian is getting to meet a child as like a little baby and watching them mm-hmm. <laughs> as they get older. Mm-hmm. Um and being like, oh my goodness, I remember when you were like a little potato mm-hmm. and you could sit up, but you couldn't walk yet and you definitely couldn't talk. And now you are talking and telling me all about the books that you've read that right. you've liked recently. Best job. I have the best job in the world. This isn't a one-to-one comparison, but uh, in, in my head, I'm almost starting a sort of side movie where it's 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 a wonderful life and we're imagining what would happen if there wasn't libraries. Yeah. But it, we weren't trying to jump off a bridge. People are pushing us off yes. the bridge. No, and Stop it, pushing and us off the bridge. Like, like the library is like what is the bad outcome? That's what happens to women who don't get married. <laughs> oh, yeah. Libraries famously not portrayed too well in It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Uh, so uh, MLA and uh, My Right to Read and the Intellectual Task Force are kind of like the Clarence who are yes. maybe saving us. I don't know if this metaphor tracks, but try, folks, to imagine the scary world without libraries. And Lionel Barrymore, it's scary. Do you Every want some... time a bell rings, a librarian gets her wings. Or her cardigan. Or, or their cardigan. Their cardigan, yeah. yeah. Do you want some good news? Yeah. The good news is the vast majority of people in the United States are still vehemently against book bans. Oh, absolutely, right? Absolutely. Like, people are like, what's all this then? <laughs> and that's it. I mean, uh, Mary Graham and I started really joking. And you're literally tuning into this podcast because you have heard all these things vaguely floating out there in the news world. And mm-hmm. you're probably thinking, what's all this then? Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it truly is based in fear. The fear of the library is this place that can expand your understanding mm-hmm. of the world outside of a narrow framework. Because that is what a what a library ideally is. That's a that's a place where you go to learn more about the world, which is complex and vast. Mm-hmm. And most people think that that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. So if you, dear listener, are one of those people, please find your local library and call them up and say thank you. Mm-hmm. Please figure out when your board of trustees meeting is or your board of directors meeting is. Show up and say. And show up and say golly gee, I love the library, and I think book banning is bad, and I trust that this fine institution will uphold my intellectual freedoms Mm -hmm. uh, to the fullest extent of their ability. Mm -hmm. I promise you the activation energy is low, Mm -hmm. and the rewards are high. Mm -hmm. If you show up at a library and say to your library worker, gosh, thank you for all you do. I love it here. Mm -hmm. It makes our day. Mm -hmm. We tell each other about that. 
it's just really freaking nice. Yeah. I can concur. Yes. It's good to hear. It's good to hear. And, you know, something I got asked about by Canada was, you know, these, in some places, librarians have to deal with very nasty comments. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, you know, we've sort of seen this uptick across all sorts of service jobs, service industries, you know, in the in the waning days of the pandemic of like rudeness towards people who have public facing jobs. Mm-hmm. Stop that. And and I, I think that this is this is part of it, you know, compounded with uh, I think there's some people who when they think that they're on the right side mm-hmm. of everything, mm-hmm. think that they can be mean about it. And that is that is a person sitting at that desk. These be are nice to that person, please. Right. And, I, and I'm, I'm not here to, to defend any of that behavior, but we yeah. are all and by we, I mean, all seven billion of us. Yeah, we are all weary yeah capital w yep we are all tense yep. we're all tired we're all stressed we have gone through it yeah and many of us make it through the day without losing our crap a single service worker and then also does that also not unite us are we yes. not all tired should we all yes. not be tender with each other yes i jeff that's a great point the uh, but the the pandemic compounded it yes i think i think that was a form formidably existential moment and scary moment and we're all weary yep i'm tired right now yeah um i'm also old my back hurts cranky i want to go home and watch pbs i just want uh, yeah i want to go watch my james harriet (laughs) tired but that's but i i did see something on tiktok which is another thing that seems to be scaring people lately Uh (laughs) uh-huh uh about how we saw an uptick in challenges and bans as possibly a corollary with how tense and afraid and weary mm-hmm. the pandemic seemed to have made certain pockets of the population. Yeah. And they have decided to take that weariness intention yeah. and concentrate it into this, this. Yeah. All this then. Troubling times. It is. And here's what I would say to that, because dear listener, I mean, I would assume certainly if you are a regular listener to the to the pod, it, it will not surprise you. I mean, as library professionals, mm-hmm. we're like, get away from the books, you know, right, right. Book, book bans are bad. We support intellectual freedom. Uh, ma'am, this is a Wendy's. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and so the, again, the, mo- the more good news I have is that there are a lot of us and you can do something. Right. You can choose to be kind and tender sure. with each other. Sure. And you can choose if your library has a millage vote coming up. Right. You can choose to be like, gosh darn, I love those people. Right. I'm going to talk to all of my friends and all of my family and make sure they talk to all of their friends mm-hmm. about why the library is great and we should vote yes on giving them more money. I don't... I, I want people to understand, you know, the direness of the situation. And this is a tightrope I think that we've been walking, most of us, for, you know to almost 10 years at this point right. of wanting to have enough information to mm-hmm. go, oh, I should, I should do something about that and not being so frightened that we're paralyzed by it. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, you know, you feel your feelings. This is, it's going to be okay to feel, you might feel afraid. Right. That's okay. Right. You can't let that dictate what you do. Mm-hmm. I am afraid every day of my life. And mostly it just makes me mad. And when oh, I'm mad, I'm like, ooh, these people who want to ban the books, right. they better watch out because they're going to have to get through me first. There's a there's a futility factor. I think yep. that we all feel that there's literally nothing we can do about climate yep. change at this point. We all look out outside our window. 
sadly. Oh man, recycling, does it work? And we all feel like, oh, will it really make a dent if I call my senator? Yes, no. Are you cynical about politics? But if you go to your library and just say hello, yeah, I like what you're doing. You're doing great. Yeah. That's easy. Yes. And we're friendly. Yep. And we love it. And also for me, I more and more have been leaning into what's the reason not to? Is it going to make it worse? You know, how much is going to call is calling my senator going to help? I don't know. We don't know. But I'm going to dial him up so right. that I can say that I did it. Right. Because it's not going to make it worse. Right. And I am going to recycle all of my glass and plastic right. bottles because that truly is one less thing that I personally put in a landfill. I just... You know, is it gonna is it gonna save everything? No. Like we need to we need to be going around to like the top ten polluting corporations mm-hmm. and be like, you are literally not allowed to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's not making it worse. Right. I think I'm also saying don't be shy. Yes, don't you're be n- shy for you're sure. Not, you're not bothering us. You're oh not god, us. you're not. No, so often I will have adults, children approach me at the desk and be like, I'm sorry to bother you and my line literally every time is, This is what they pay me for. Right. Like to be bothered. To be but you're not bothering me. This is the best part of the job. But even specifically on the level should of have like done that with the signage is just have giant signs that said bother me bother. at the desks. <laughs> I think uh, we went with like ask us, but yeah. bother me is also good. Yeah. I'm talking about on the level of just walking in and pledging your support. Yes. Even just verbally, just verbally. Yes. Yeah. You're not bothering us. You're not no, interrupting us. You're making our day. We are ready for it. Yep. We are we are weary. We are tense. Yep. We and, want our cardigans and our wings. And also from a practical standpoint, you know, I whenever people tell me that they love something, yeah. I'm like, this is literally useful information for us. You know, if people come in and say, uh, like, actually, I had this whole family come in and tell me they loved a book about mermaid folklore that I'd bought because folklore, it is in nonfiction. Yeah. Melville Dewey that's a literally another podcast sure. but it means that I buy a lot of the fairy tale books and I bought this book about mermaid folklore and this whole family was like this was awesome mm-hmm. and I was like cool and I've been getting a lot of questions about magical creature books mm-hmm. recently so clickety click time to buy more magical creature books mm-hmm. now you're going to get more of what you want now I know that my collection's going to get used sure everybody wins so we definitely first of all i'm just straight up glad that you and your family had a great time with this book Mm -hmm. that is that is it baby and also thank you Mm -hmm. thank you for telling us yes information we are feedback they they gave us they gave us a degree in information Mm -hmm. like literally that's it's what the letters after my crickets names say Mm -hmm. um and so we love information please come give it to us Mm -hmm. Um, and we'll give you some. Especially, right. Like, for you free. know, for, for, I can't stress how much. So often, small children come up to me and say, can we buy the books now? And I'm like, oh, no, there's no money, hun. Right. It's you, you have to bring them back. But like, is free. Um, so, you know, and if you come in and say what you love, even if you're just doing it to be like, hey, I just wanted to tell you I love you guys. We also are like, are you interested in finding more of what you might love? Mm -hmm. That is also what we are here to do. Tis the gift that keeps on giving. Mm -hmm. And there is so much to celebrate about it. And I like focusing on that. Like when you're trying to figure out like, what should I do? How can I help? Oh my God, this all feels awful and I feel sick to my stomach. Think about the good things. Think about like, oh, well, I want to go, you know, help these guys who did a Keanu Reeves display <laughs> for Keanu Appreciation Month here at the Ferndale Area District Library. If you've been tuning in, I think this was 
vaguely referenced in a previous uh, episode that was part of an April Fool's prank where we had an entire display dedicated to Keanu Reeves and we kept it up for 30 days. We did. Because of course we would. Yes. You know, think about that. Think about the stuff that you appreciate that you're like, now wait just a minute. Oh, absolutely. Your library's there for you. Yeah. We even just got an anecdote the other day because we have a library of things and someone came up to the pop-up used book sale that we were doing off-site uh, at another local business where people were just charmed to encounter librarians in the wild. And like, <laughs> we are just, very charming. Indeed. And they're like, oh, and we wild. love the library. Yeah. Sometimes they're like, oh, they're outside their natural habitat. Someone came up and said, I was having my wedding outdoors. It was a small affair. And we were, of course, going to have people giving toasts. And we realized at the very last minute that we needed a PA. And by last minute, I mean the last minute. <laughs> And the Library of Things had a PA, and we saved their wedding. Well, Aww. we didn't. I mean, the wedding was great. It was never not going to be great. I mean, you know, mazel tov, But we kind of saved the day, and we the Library did. of Things was there for them. So I Now I that. have to describe my own facial expression because I'm wearing a yeah. mask, but I have this enormous grin. I know. That's the best story I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. Protect your libraries. They, too, mm -hmm. might one day save your wedding. I'm okay <laughs> if you do things that are good for this library out of self-interest. Right. Please do. Right. Please say, oh, my God, one day I might need a PA. I'm voting yes on the millage. I don't care. You right. have voted yes on the millage. Godspeed. Right. <laughs> right. And well, also, your library is here for you. And that's what I think that's what I want to emphasize. We're literally here for you. We're literally here for we're you. We're here for you. And I think that some of perhaps, perhaps some of the people who are frightened by these books, mm -hmm. I understand if you feel like the presence, the very presence of some of these books means your library isn't for you. That's not true. We want to hear about the books that you want. We will buy the books that you want. You have to leave the books for the other people alone. Apparently, <laughs> someone else wants to read Bono's biography. And I respect that. Believe me, we have so many books here that have me squinting and going, huh? And you know what I do? I say that's not for me and I'm not going to check it out. Right. It's all a tapestry. It's, it's all, all an ecosystem. A tapestry. If you wanted to fill out the request for reconsideration form on the Bono biography, we would take it seriously. <laughs> but probably we would go, well, this is uh, this is factual mm -hmm. uh, and people are interested in it. So we have reconsidered it and it is staying. That's you, right. know? you are welcome. <laughs> to do a three-page book report. But you know what, though? I'm fully aware and can appreciate that there are a bunch of people out there who do authentically, genuinely, sincerely want to read that biography yeah. by Bono yeah. or whatever other book. Listen. And I do not want to deny them that. I yes. keep replacing the Ernest Hemingway books when they get beat up. But like, everybody's got theirs. Well, that's the thing is that you have, under a literal amendment, have the right to an intellectual freedom. Yes. But I don't know if this is written down anywhere. I don't know if the Founding Fathers ever had this, but... You have the right to not like a thing. Oh, my favorite founding father is John Adams. That was his whole shtick. Like that man you, didn't like anything. You have a right to be upset about something. <laughs> yeah. That that man was upset his entire life about everything. <laughs> it's okay and I respect him. to not like things. It's okay, but don't be a jerk about it. It's okay to not like things, but don't be a jerk about the things you don't like. Cricket. That was amazing. Thank you. That was amazing. I actually, I changed one of the words to be. Did you steal that from something? <laughs> it's, it's Cite your sources. It's a song. Oh, I've never heard it before. My friend Kevin taught it to me. It's incredible. Um, jerk was a different word when I learned it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. And I think that we need to make it the theme of the intellectual freedom advocacy movement. Well, it's okay <laughs> to not like things. Yeah. 
It is. And also, if the reason that you don't like things is because of bigotry, mm-hmm. I would invite you to re-examine your heart. There you go. So any, is there anything else that we didn't cover? Any other th- Anything else in the news? I don't know, but I didn't think I was going to be singing today. You sounded great. <laughs> and um, yet here you are. <laughs> I will say the Michigan Library Association's Bonfire Store has some really cool t-shirts. So if you, dear listener, are like, gosh, I would like a t-shirt that tells people how much I support libraries and intellectual freedom, you can get cool shirts that say things like, read more, ban less, or I read banned books all day long, or uh, my personal favorite, stand against censorship, that one has a knife on it. Um, That is cool. That is, uh, Bonfire is like a platform for nonprofits selling merchandise. So part of that, MLA and the Intellectual Freedom Committee gets a cut of if you buy t-shirts. Um, the Fahrenheit 451 fan in me is a little worried about that name, but that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Uh, but they do make great shirts. I have one. Yes, I have they're one very soft. That says ban less, read more, ban less. Yep. And there is one that I think features, uh, it gets the message across, but uh, features a chipmunk in a dress because what? Well, because whimsy. Because whimsy. Oh, I because, didn't know about this. Oh, yes. it's really great. It's really great. There's also one with a fancy fox. That's right. Um, And they, I think, say something along the lines of like, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> That's what a fancy fox would say. That is what a fancy fox That's would right. say. And I will also say, oh, um, I think certainly since we last recorded in, that, in an intellectual freedom pod, um, the fabulous youth librarians of Ferndale went to Spring Institute, which is yeah. the statewide conference for just youth librarians in Michigan. And the keynote speaker on the first day was Kyle Lukoff, mm-hmm. um, who is a fantastic writer for children. He does picture books up through sort of middle grade chapter books. Highly, highly recommend um, his books Too Bright to See mm-hmm. and Different Kinds of Fruit. Um, and he did a great keynote speech and he spent most of it talking about like First Amendment law, mm-hmm. uh, which was super fun because the whole time I was like, oh, I know that. I know that. I know the Miller test. We went to library school together. Mm-hmm. Like it was it was really great. Like. The task force scattered throughout the room. Basically, they're, they're it's all like doing... ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Um, and uh, but one thing that he that he did mention, and I completely sympathize with this, and I I suggest that that folks who are anti censorship sort of ponder this. He hates when people cheer mm-hmm. when it's like as in his introduction. You know, it mentioned that many of the things he have, he has written have been challenged or banned in various places, and some people went woo. And he was like, I understand what you're trying to get across there, mm-hmm. which is support. I I hate it when people woo. And I'm and I'm not really going to spend this speech talking about what it's like to have your books banned because that's the short answer. Feels bad. Mm-hmm. Feels bad. Right. Um, you know. Instead, I'm going to talk about all of these legal principles. Um, and so I I would keep that in mind, especially as you know, for me as a queer person, especially when I see books that are explicitly queer being banned because they're queer, mm-hmm. like that causes a pit in my stomach. Right. On a personal level right like that is a that is a feeling of like personal loss of safety mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. in addition to i work in the intellectual freedom profession and so that is also professionally offensive you know when you ban books the librarians they take issue with it again um, nuance nuance layers uh, and so something I'm, i i if i'm reading that right is there's there's this other aspect to this uh there's some shirts out there that will even go so far as to say you know uh read banned books yay banned books they might even list some of the banned books Mm -hmm. which is also getting the point across yeah but parenthetically or tacitly it's like oh but isn't that also super concerning 
Like, isn't that also super distressing? Yeah. Well, like, yeah, like there's that punk rock angle of, yeah, band books. Yeah. But then, oh my God, look at that list. Look at that list. Yeah. And I think sometimes people, like I, I had a patron and their child in a couple of weeks ago asking actually specifically for books that have been challenged. Um, and many of them were off the shelves because they've been checked out so people can read them, right. which is great. We're doing our job. But I handed them Charlotte's Web. Uh-huh. Um, and they were like, really? <laughs> and, 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 and sometimes people will list banned books to get that reaction to be like, oh, can you believe people were mad about Charlotte's Web? Right. Well, I think we've just discovered people can be mad about literally anything. Right. And so I, I don't always find that helpful right. either. Right. You know, and I and again, I get what people are trying to do, but I I appreciate and I think share sort of Kyle Lukoff's perspective of let's talk about the rights side of this. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about like, yeah, often this is an act of bigotry. And frankly, no matter what you don't like in a book, you're not allowed to take it off the shelves because you don't like it. And I I'm sorry that I didn't write these details down, but I've I've often found myself going these people are behaving as though Pico versus Island Trees doesn't exist, which is a Supreme Court decision that says that, say, a school board can't take books out of a school library because they don't like the content. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very much content based. Right. And it's and it's really exactly what's going on. It says you, you can't take that away just because you don't like what's in it. Right. Um, and that protection applies to public libraries as well, honestly, even more broadly, because we're not school institutions. I checked with a lawyer about that. Um, And recently there was a judge, I can't remember in what state, that almost verbatim said, why are these people acting like Pico versus Island Trees doesn't exist? You're literally not allowed to do this. It is illegal. I mean, put um, put that thing back where it came from or so help me. Judges like uh, precedent, right? That's kind of a thing they talk about a lot. That is a major thing they talk (laughs) about. (laughs) So, uh, and then, and and I'll say something that uh, is going to come off ominously. But as I unpack this a bit, kind of jumping off of where we were going with that, someone might say, oh, I have no idea why they would ban fill in the blank or Charlotte's Web. But you then have to do the math and say, well, there's nothing in the book that I find necessarily offensive, Mm -hmm. but someone else somewhere did not want someone whose life experience is not mine. Yeah. And I'm not picking up on it, perhaps. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, well, gee whiz, why would they want this one banned? Mm -hmm. There's something else going on. There's nuance. Yeah. There's a reason someone else didn't want someone else to read that book. Yep. Or even me, for that matter. You know, maybe, yeah, because there's going to be something else in a library that you don't like either. Right. Like, that that passes all of the standards of, you know, some kind of merit Mm -hmm. that puts it, you know, good reviews or, or an audience or, you know, a patron has requested it. Let's put it on our shelves that would would pass reconsideration and we would retain that you're still not gonna like mm-hmm. and we don't get to take that book off the shelf either and that is just i would rather live in a free society right than than only have books that i think are acceptable on the shelf i would rather live in a free society and that's why bono is staying on the shelf yeah um i'd rather live in a free society and i'd rather live in a society that values the personhood and autonomy of children mm-hmm mm-hmm and that guy who had the house with all the cats in Florida, he's staying too. Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. Hemingway. Hemingway. Oh, that guy. Hemingway, Hemingway reference. See, I know so little about him because he annoys me. <laughs> so I've taken And you the have other the direction. right to be annoyed. And I have the right to be annoyed, but by gosh, we're keeping the old man in the sea on the shelf. So Mary Graham, he annoys me so much that I actually um, have made hating him a hobby. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I learn as much about him as I possibly can yeah. in order to, like, you know, 
just dislike him. See, you're allowed to dis- not like things. I'm, I'm allowed to not like things. But don't be a jerk about the things and you I'm don't actually, like. And I'm actually, I'm allowed exactly. to enjoy not liking things. Yeah. And I think have fun with it. I think it's important to have like a friend or a, a group text where you can be a little bit of a hater. Mm-hmm. Um, very importantly, <laughs> you can't go against federal law right. <laughs> when you do that. Sure. Uh, we do, and I, I know I repeat this over and over again, we live in a society. We live in a society. Uh, and the First mm. Amendment is a great thing, I think. Big fan of the First Amendment, me. Big fan. And, and that's maybe, <laughs> maybe an obvious point to end on. Hooray, yeah. the First Amendment. But you've, d- you've done it again. You've listened to another hour of us bumming you out about intellectual freedom. But as with every episode we've done, I don't want you to leave bummed. Well, I don't want you to leave bummed because I know that, like, here's the thing, folks. You can... Vote to have M&M's make a blue M&M. You can voice your concerns to make McDonald's bring the Szechuan sauce back. But you could do something a little more fulfilling. Get involved with your library simply by voicing your support. Yeah, simply by just showing up to it and say, hey, thanks for all you do. Appreciate it. Where are the romance novels? Can I check something out, please? You know? Yeah. Just this is this is a way to help out. This going to feel good. Which mm. is honestly, I think, by definition, the most kind of pleasant way to help out. So, yeah, in many places, things are looking pretty sticky. And gosh darn, the librarians were fighting tooth and nail, but we could use the help. And I genuinely think we can make that difference because the it's the only phrase I can come up with is hips don't lie, but it's not <laughs> it's like polls. It's like the data doesn't lie. Yeah. Like data often lies, but right. I think not in this case. Like the the <laughs> I've broken cricket. Um, the the data doesn't lie. The majority of people think that banning books is bad. So cool. <laughs> so let's make it sound like the majority of people think that banning books is bad. And I think we just, uh, for the record, spoiled Fahrenheit 451. Uh, banning books is bad. I think that's the end of the book. So. I think you should still read Fahrenheit that's 451. You though. should still read it though. And if you want to, it's on the shelves of your local library. Yes. So in. In conclusion, yes, banning books is bad. Yes, it's okay to not like things. Right, and hips don't lie. Yep, they don't. I think that that is a fair assessment they don't. of the conversation we've just had. Whatever floats your boat, your library has it. Whatever flies your kite, whatever makes your dreams take flight. Yeah, and if you are in Michigan, one last plug: myrighttoread.com. My is spelled M-I, like uh, the abbreviation for our fair state. And speaking of floating boats, there's some libraries here in Michigan with our lakes that loan out canoes so i mean again not us because we're kind of land bound but whatever it's out there it's out there folks get a canoe at a library and summer reading is coming up that's right uh so if you listen to another update on intellectual freedoms i was joined by cricket mary graham you guys can say goodbye or hello or i'm sorry i sang it was great yeah don't apologize for singing and um go first amendment mind your own business mi libraries org for the Michigan Library Association, but miwrighttoread.com for my right to read. We'll have links to that in the show notes. This has been A Little Too Quiet, uh, the Ferndale Library Podcast. It's brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale Library. I am undercaffeinated. I can't remember if I introduced this um, episode. I feel like, like I did. You. Thank you. I think you did. I think I did. Uh, oh, uh, thanks to John Duffy, who gives us music to open and close each episode. You can go to ferndalefriends.org to find more information, but please remember to rate, review, subscribe. If you leave us a review, it will help us find more listeners, and we would appreciate that. And that counts as telling your library that you like them. It does! 
Oh, we made it so easy for you. Listener, we appreciate you. Tune in next week for more.